Hi, my name is Stuart Alsop, and this is my podcast, Crazy Wisdom, where I interview creative people about the connection between stress and creativity and what role stress plays in the creative process. Usually I interview people of pretty well-off means who have the luxury of pursuing their creative passion without too much worry about where their next meal is going to come from. Uh, but today I interviewed Fad, a refugee from Syria, and Fad had to travel through 12 borders to get from Syria, which is in civil war, to Berlin, Germany, where he could seek asylum. And the most interesting thing about this podcast was how Fad deals with stress that most of us in the West world, Western world haven't even come close to dealing with. And the creativity that come, came out on his trip is really, truly astonishing. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy listening to Fad's story. And I think it will be a really influential moment in your life hearing Fad's tale of his uh, adventure getting from Syria to Berlin and finding his passion as a programmer. Um, if you like this podcast, please find us on iTunes by searching for Crazy Wisdom. Thanks. Have a great day. Hi, my name is Fahad and I came from Syria, from Damascus. I was born and raised there. I'm 24 years old. Yeah. And so you were born in D Damascus, and what made you leave Damascus? Um, basically, I left my hometown because of uh, like the stuff, like uh, the recent events, which you probably know, like um, politics, war, whatever. And at some point, it was really dangerous to stay there. So, yeah, the only way, like, uh, not to survive, because like I've, um, if I was like staying there in my own country um, basically it was a civil war and like not not only civil war there was like I don't know a lot of um, militias they were involving in that whatever so and I, I didn't really want to be part of this uh, if there was like someone trying to invade my country whatever I would have stay and defend mm. but I wouldn't stay like and maybe could have been dead for no reason mm. like, so yeah that was yeah, one of the main reasons that I left and my family really pushed me to, to do it as mm -hmm. well. Yeah. And how many, uh, how, how big is your family? How many people? Uh, okay, I have like my parents and I have four siblings, uh -huh. uh, two sisters and two brothers. And why didn't any of your other siblings leave as well? They were still young. Oh, okay. Uh, You're yeah. the oldest. Yeah, I'm um, the oldest, yeah. yeah. Plus, like, it's, it was kind of also, like, uh, shitty with the mil military service at that point because, like, the regime wanted, like, uh, a lot of soldiers. Even if you were studying, delaying your military service, it, it could still be dangerous that they would take you, like, at a certain point. And were you studying? I was studying uh -huh. uh, in the university, uh -huh. media science and communication. Uh -huh. So basically, I didn't graduate. The plan was I graduate from my university and then, yeah, I go out uh, after because I didn't want to do the military service during this situation. And then, like, really bad things happen. Like, it's a really long story, but, yeah, long story short, so I couldn't have the chance to graduate from my university because mm. yeah, I had to leave. Mm. So I finished the second year and then I went out. Mm. So you finished your second year and you were in Damascus and then how did you get out of Damascus? Um, that was 
long trip it was not an easy trip because yeah. i didn't came like the easy way yeah. so it's not just like yeah take an airplane from the airport <laughs> oh, okay i'm going to germany <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so i had to do it like in the hard way which is like i went to turkey hmm. and then over I, the border over the land border uh yes to oh. izmir okay actually yeah. Yeah, mm. to izmir i stayed almost for four days over there mm. i met with a syrian friend of mine mm -hmm. that i knew him from back home like in damascus mm. Uh, he was doing the military, but then like he found a way like to sneak out. So he managed a way to escape uh, the military service. So he was staying in Turkey basically, and I told him about my plan. Like if you want to join, like we could go together. Mm. And then yeah, we set our road together mm. from Turkey, from Turkey, Izmir. from Izmir, from Izmir. Yeah. I wanted to to get from Damascus to Izmir. How did you? How did you? What did you have to pay somebody to take you across the border, or did you? Uh, no, I mean like from from Syria to Turkey. Like until this point, everything is legal. Uh -huh. Like okay, yeah, yep. like mm -hmm. it took uh, an airplane directly okay. like to from Lebanon to Istanbul, and then I went from Istanbul to Izmir. Uh -huh. And then yeah, I stayed in Izmir for four days, and then there you have to find someone. Uh, they had to. S like to smuggle uh -huh. people or something yeah yeah like with the boat whatever uh -huh. yeah into greece into greece yeah. yes mm -hmm. uh, so basically like yeah i went there and then there was a lot of people that were like hustlers and mm -hmm. they're you know they just want to rip off the people mm -hmm. and it was expensive actually also like to pay like for the smuggler yeah and then like you have to tr to trust your own feeling or uh -huh. your own sense like because we're, you're meeting with someone you, you know him he's a smuggler yeah so you don't like okay like you're a smuggler like how should i trust a smuggler like yeah. anyhow you know and yet at the same time you have to depend on yeah. them as well and then like yeah. you have to choose the best of the worst but yeah. luckily like <laughs> but luckily i found someone that i really really felt comfy to him and then we manage a way so we keep the money with the third party mm. and yeah it went fluently and then basically okay guys like so he tried to prepare everything we went to some area to prepare all the the trip stuff and then like we start to inflate the boat so basically we're working on this as well huh. at some point uh, close to greece uh, so our destination that was uh, an island in greece called mitalini uh -huh. which is like for almost two hours and f yeah 30 minutes something like this by like, boat from by turkey boat, yeah. uh -huh and then yeah so that was the most dangerous part in my yeah. opinion because like uh, i think it was a death trip mm. Mm -hmm. like really like uh, it was during the midnight like you see only the waves like the starry sky moon and only like black like in uh, front of you black like, uh, yeah it's only death like waiting over there but then like I don't know this survival instinct like you know there's someone's fighting inside of you like you will manage it yeah yeah and how did you kind of manage the fear of doing that like um, I mean first of all um, I was really afraid at the, at the very beginning I was afraid if if I went dead uh, like uh, I don't know what will happen to my family, whatever, and then I couldn't even told my family that I'm doing my trip mm -hmm. this way. They mm -hmm. never knew it. Otherwise, mm -hmm. that wouldn't leave me to go. Mm -hmm. So I had to keep it in secret. Mm -hmm. And then, like once I arrived to Greece, I told my parents, "Okay, I'm in Greece right now." Mm -hmm. Yeah. So and they were like really mad at me, but they were also really happy that I survived. Like uh, I managed it. Yeah. Uh -huh. And for the fear, uh, I don't know. It just. 
don't know, there is, there, there was like so many things in my mind that came like during that time. I said, uh, if I, anyway, if I stayed there, maybe I would be dead already. So mm. I'm trying, I'm trying my way right yeah. now mm-hmm. and hopefully I will survive. Mm. There is nothing danger. I mean, I can swim with whatever, like you always like basically hope actually. Mm. Hope it was like uh, making me feeling less stress. Mm. When I felt there is like a hope, there is like, you can see, I don't know, like uh, a doorway of light. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then, so you get to Greece, you get to this island in Greece, and then how did you get from there to mainland Greece? Um, we went to this Mytilene island, as uh-huh. I told you. Uh-huh. And then, like, we had to keep on waiting over there, so we got some legal papers. Uh-huh. And we had to wait almost for three, four days on this island. And I was just not... I mean, like, at the beginning, I was stressed in this trip, but then I was saying, like, why I'm stressed? Like, I'm, I'm passing now. It's like making a tour, you know, like a trip, like <laughs> in this trip. Yeah. yeah, it's like traveling. <laughs> and I was, like, considering myself as, okay, like, if I have, like, I don't know, making some traveling as a tourist, whatever. And then, like, we were, like, going to bars, like, with my friends and <laughs> talking with some people. And it was quite funny because uh. th- that was the first time I see people like they were like rolling cigarettes like buying tobacco rolling cigarettes like I was like watching the people like girls they were like walking the street like rolling a cigarette as it as if it was nothing so like I start talking with people like with some girls like I'm not to flirt a little bit uh-huh. <laughs> uh, how do you roll a cigarette and so on so I I basically spent the first 30 grams on my first cigarette and uh-huh. I couldn't even roll it <laughs> now I can roll it easily it's uh-huh. just a matter of practice but that was yeah uh-huh. the yeah, most uh-huh. funny thing that happened in Greece uh-huh. yeah uh, and then, and then, how did you get from there to to, to the next? Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. Basically, I went to Athens after that, so mm. we took a ferry ship. Mm. I had a Syrian friend who lived in Athens before, mm. and he's a friend with a German guy. Mm. And then this friend uh, told me, "Yeah, if you want, like we could stay, like you could stay at his place. He could host you with your in friend." In Germany? No, no, in, in, in Athens. Athens. Yeah, a German mm. guy. Mm. Basically, he's from Freiburg, but mm. he grew up in Berlin. Mm and yeah so basically uh, his name was Patrick and then like yeah he was like quite uh, helpful like he hosted us like in a very like welcome heart and yeah we spent really nice time in Athens for two or three nights uh-huh. as far as I remember uh-huh. and then like we had to go to uh, what was the name of it Macedonia uh-huh. So also like we had to deal with some smuggler that he took us to the border, whatever. And then like from there, we set our way also from Macedonia to Serbia. So yeah, basically it's like really, really long, long story. If I want to go through like in detail, like it will take me forever right now. But it was an adventure basically. Like it took me almost 17 days, 17 days, the whole trip. From Syria to Germany. Yeah. So basically like from from Syria to Lebanon, from Lebanon to Turkey, from Turkey to Athens, from Athens to Macedonia, mm. to Serbia, and I th- yeah, to Hungary after mm. all, mm-hmm. yeah, after that, mm. and Austria, mm. and then Germany. Mm. Yeah. And did you, when you were in Damascus, did you know that you were coming to Germany, or did that happen on the trip? No, I was, uh, that was my destination. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there was, yeah, there was, maybe I could have stayed in Austria, there was, yeah, kind of, uh, she was my ex-girlfriend and then I thought, okay, like maybe I could stay there, but then like I didn't want like to p- put all my hope in one person uh-huh. or whatever, uh-huh. so I came to Germany. Uh-huh. 
to Berlin specifically. Yeah. I went to Hamburg with my friend, uh-huh. and then I seek there for the refugee asylum. Uh-huh. And then on the very next morning, I received the papers. Okay, if I had to uh, go to Berlin, uh-huh. I came back to Berlin, and uh, yeah, is this it, is how it went. Is right. that why you chose Germany? Is because they have an asylum program here? I mean, basically, it was everywhere in Europe, okay. almost everywhere. It was uh-huh. in Austria, it was in Germany, uh-huh. um, it was in Finland, uh-huh. I don't know, Sweden as well. Uh-huh. There was like many countries, even Norway. But uh, as I told you before, my plan was after graduating from university, uh-huh. I was aiming towards even I study in Germany or in Britain, basically. Mm-hmm. So that was my main aiming. So this was your, already your plan, but then the war and the, mm-hmm. and the civil rest. Yes. Uh, civil yeah. war, um, and everything actually changed uh, because mm-hmm. like, I had a different plan and then I had to change like all my plans from the past to the present, like to the mm-hmm. future. Like, I don't know. It just like it's like a clash uh, like, between everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you got here and you're now in a coding boot camp, a programming boot camp. Um, how exactly. did that happen? Um, basically, it all started when I joined the university here. So like I was studying for one semester, uh, international business management. Uh-huh. And then I thought, uh, okay, it's a long way actually to do it. Like you basically need six years, like if you want to do the master as well. And I don't know, like I, I had the feeling that was a long way to do it after like I went through all of this mm. and I said, yeah, maybe it's better like to find something that I'm also interested in. Mm. And then like I heard about a uh, school that were like teaching coding mm. and then basically like like programming when you learn programming, it's like most likely you learn it in university. Mm-hmm. But this is like kind of institute, they're like making like an intense training for its which is lasting for one year mm. so at the beginning there was like this kind of info session mm. i i attended uh, to to the session i went there mm. so they start to explain blah blah, blah. and then i felt like uh, yeah i want to do it i want i want to try so they were offering a kind of orientation class uh-huh. for one month uh-huh. to see yourself like if you like it you i don't know if if you find yourself into it I tried it for one month and I yeah I thought that yeah I can do good in this. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And how has it been going so far? It's it is really challenging. It is stressing sometimes. I mean even though I'm still like at the very beginning. Yeah. Um I mean it's a secure thing for the future to mm-hmm. be honest. Mm-hmm. Like we are living now in a modern world like everything is related to technologies. And basically, you can mix coding with everything that you want. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good skill to have as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. I'm learning coding right now, and then I will be like, maybe I will not be a professional programmer. I will be a programmer, and then I will go back to university again. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but mm-hmm. I can mix it up with something, or maybe even I will take it as a profession. Mm-hmm. But it's a very important thing to have. Like, yeah. Hmm. Um. And what is one thing that you know, hearing the news from outside of Syria, what is the main difference that you don't see being portrayed in the media about what's going on in Syria as, and for having a firsthand kind of understanding of what's going on? What's the main thing that you see being misportrayed? I mean, trust me, as a Syrian, I really don't understand what's going on mm-hmm. over there. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it's, 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 uh, it's like a big field over there and everyone is like playing in this field, mm-hmm. you know, and there's like a lot of countries that are involved. 
like deals above the table, under the table, like uh, I don't know, it's really chaotic over there. Mm-hmm. And then like the more I was getting deeply into this topic, the more that I was like feeling lost. And mm-hmm. this is why also like uh, that was the reason I changed my studies as well. Like when I was studying media science and communication, so it was like also involved with the politics at some point. And then I realized that I really hate politics. Mm-hmm. Maybe like the situation in Syria affected me, mm-hmm. affected my mind and mm-hmm. my mindset about about those topics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just, uh, it's not, it's so, there's so many different things going on and there's some, a lack of actual information as to what is actually happening that you're just like, I don't want to deal with this. And yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, because every day there is like something new okay like uh, even the enemies they are like aligning with each other so I don't know um, the people they were unified now they are separated you know it's, there is always like big clashes yeah. and it's absolutely useless mm. I mean now from what I'm hearing the news okay like uh, the situations of the world is like going less and less but still it's not safe mm. like uh, in mm. any time like could something big happen again mm. do you talk to your family Yes, a lot, almost, yeah. almost every two days okay. you know, we uh-huh. Skype with each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and what is the most stressful thing about what you're dealing with right now? In term, is, it, is it being disconnected from your family? Is it being in a new country? that You, you do speak German though, right? You, yeah, uh, I mean, I learned German for a, for a certain level. Okay. Uh, but I stopped also at some point because I'm learning English right okay. now. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. But still, I mean, like, even though when you're living in Berlin, you don't really not need that much of German. Yeah. yeah. English is more important. Yeah, English. Mm-hmm. I, almost everyone is speaking English. But of course, like, still you have to speak German. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. It's better, like, to get along with the community. Like, even if you're doing some, I don't know, legal papers in offices, mm-hmm. whatever. It's all German. German. Yeah. It's all mm-hmm. German. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what is the most stressful thing that you're dealing with right now? Um... The most stressful thing, uh, being away actually, uh, I mean, I don't this I I have this homesickness, but it's like for my family basically, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like to my siblings, to my mom, to my dad. I never saw them since I went out. Uh, at the beginning, it was really hard for me because I didn't use like to grow up somewhere without my family having me. Mm. Um, that was the the most challenging part in the first year when I arrived here and especially when you don't know anyone in the city and yeah it's, it was like all shifting like mm-hmm. overnight you mm-hmm. know like from Damascus like BIM you're in Berlin right now and then you have a new life like uh, in front of you you have like I don't know to do something about it you know mm. I was afraid I was paranoid that there was a time uh, I was really depressed, mm. like really, really depressed. Like mm-hmm. almost it lasted almost for seven, eight months. But even though I, I did my part on that, I started to hang out, to meet up with people, like uh, crash into some birthday parties. I didn't know anyone. <laughs> and then like suddenly I go out from this birthday party. Oh, uh, like yeah, it turns out we are best friends right now. Oh, yeah, after oh. a while, so we start to hang out. Oh, okay, you're a cool guy. Oh, okay, like I like it too. Let's hang out. Like. Uh, for another drink, whatever, and then like this is how it started with all my friends here. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, and Berlin seems like a place where you can do that pretty pretty easily here. Um, I would say so. I mean, because it's very international here, and uh-huh. Berlin itself, like it's an icon for being uh, as well like open minded, tolerant. Uh, mm-hmm. People are less stressed over here. Mm-hmm. Like, people are more chilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I get the impression from being here that it's 
like almost a place where if I just wanted to walk down the street naked, I could, or if I wanted, I exactly. could basically, I could yeah. do whatever I wanted here yeah. and nobody would really, yeah, even someone like yeah. dressing like a clown, you know, yeah. like taking the Uber, like taking yeah. the metro, like the people that would just like <laughs> look and then look away after that. Like, yeah, it wouldn't be that yeah. strange. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I find is kind of also like the, the, the cool thing about being here, but at the same time with that, it comes a certain kind of like danger as well, because if, anything's on the table if anything's open you can do anything mm -hmm. then people find themselves in difficult situations with like drugs or, or yeah it or could drinking. be i mean yeah. i mean as much as i get inspired by the city i mean the city itself like it's it's it, it is something special but yeah. what makes the city more special is like the people surrounding you mm -hmm. like you you cannot live in heaven alone you know mm -hmm. like what, mm -hmm. what's the use if i'm living in heaven but alone mm. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it would be boring there would mm -hmm. be nothing yeah. you know <laughs> so the people like are making me like they're, they became like part of the family, basically. Uh -huh. Yeah. Huh. Um, and how has how has finding? You said you were pretty depressed, and then you were on your own, and then you found found people to hang out with and stuff like that. I mean, like during that time, I was having people like to hang out with. But uh -huh. the thing is, um, I was always stressed, like mm -hmm. uh, depressed, because like um, it was still new for me. I was still fresh in the situation. Mm -hmm. I was uh, worrying too much. Mm -hmm. um, at some point, I start to feel better. Uh, I know to to aim. About, okay, like uh, I took my time right now. Now I have like a few friends. I can start like uh, I don't know like so. I already start like some social networking. Like my friends, like I was asking like for like studying universities, even searching for uh, for places, houses. Like mm -hmm. it all came like through the social network basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially like finding a flat here in Berlin, like it took me almost like seven to eight months to find a flat, wow. basically. Yeah. And what were you doing before that? Were and just... at that time, like um, I was uh, like the government, they were like giving me like uh, kind of, uh, how to say? Stipend. A statement that yeah. I could stay in hotels, yeah. uh, hostels, mm -hmm. basically. Mm -hmm. So they were like paying for that uh, for me. But at some point I didn't have a place to stay. And then like one of my best best friends, like his brother John. Mm. So at that time we were like still new to each other. Mm -hmm. Then like he knew that uh, I was like uh, in a situation like uh, I basically I couldn't have a place to stay. And then he offered for me like to stay at his place mm. uh, for like yeah, as much as I want until I found a solution for myself. Uh -huh. And that was really great from him. I mean like yeah as like as a person when you meet with the other one like okay i barely met with this guy like two times or yeah. three times you know <laughs> and then like he's offering you something okay you are welcome to stay in my place yeah that was really great uh -huh. that was really great oh. yeah uh -huh. i mean i appreciate this and then like when you see when you see this okay there's like there's still good like in us like in the people basically mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. that's cool and how has it been connecting with people from because in America we get this sense that Europe is pretty racist uh, it's a country with a lot of racism and stuff like that or or prejudiced about especially among the older population thinking about people from the Middle East coming into Europe and kind of taking over and stuff like mm. that uh, I mean I cannot really judge about it I mean me myself I didn't I didn't feel anything mm -hmm. um, like towards like uh, racism like especially in Berlin mm -hmm. but I heard like yeah maybe in other cities in Germany there is like this I don't know neo-nazi people they are mm -hmm. like very strict in their like mind whatever so they have their own mentality 
Oh. Yeah, they have yeah. their own mentality. But you yeah. haven't noticed anything no. towards yourself yeah. so far. Yeah. No. Uh, so I guess among the young people, it's probably pretty different too as well. Because here in Berlin, it's it's like this huge eclectic mix of people from all over Europe. Like there's Spaniards, Italians, French. Yeah. And I mean, like, I st- I still don't have the feeling that I'm living in Germany. Yeah. Every time yeah. I go outside of Berlin, <laughs> okay, welcome to Germany right yeah. now. Uh-huh. I really like for most of the people, Berlin it's like a Disneyland. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. What's your favorite part about living in Berlin? Um, my favorite part, experiencing the summer. <laughs> the what? The summer. It's the summer. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, the winter. It's horrible over yeah. here, especially uh-huh. the first year when I came. Uh-huh. It was really cold, yeah. like really freezing, and it's very depressing as uh-huh. well in the winter. Yeah. It's really depressing. Uh-huh. Yeah. In the summertime, like yeah, you go out, it's sunny, it's warm. I don't know. Everyone is like in a good mood. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. you st- you can finish your work at four. You can still enjoy your day. Mm-hmm. Like in the winter, like th- uh, two p.m. It's already dark mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then that's another story, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds yeah. uncomfortable. Uh, do you ever see yourself going back to Damascus if things change, or uh, during those events? No. Mm. And let me be honest with you. Um, the more that I'm staying here, every second like it's going by, uh, every every day, the the harder it makes it to go back over there. Mm. I mean, at some point, um, you start to establish something mm-hmm. over here, mm-hmm. like uh, future, um, friends, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, business, life, whatever, mm-hmm. and you cannot throw this behind as well. Mm-hmm. I would love to go there, but not during the the recent events. Mm-hmm. What's what's happening? Maybe it will it will come. In, 10, 20 years, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I have no clue. Mm-hmm. Maybe in five, who knows? Mm-hmm. Do you think you ever see yourself, your family coming here? Um, basically, I tried to convince them at the very beginning, but they didn't want to because mm-hmm. it's, it, it is complicated yeah. a little bit. Um, I mean, for the parents like to go to a new culture, new new city, a new language mm-hmm. it would be a little bit difficult mm-hmm. and especially like also like I have like a, spe- a special situation in my family my parents are divorced so mm-hmm. it's also like more complicated with mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh, for my brothers yeah I'm trying actually mm-hmm. I'm trying if there is any way that I could get them here because as I told you it's not a proper place to stay over there mm-hmm. it's not yeah I'm always uh, worried about them mm-hmm. yeah. Um, is there anything that you would suggest uh, so is there one thing that you've learned over the past three or four years uh, with all the stress that you've been through is there one kind of piece of advice that you have for somebody who's just beginning a a stressful situation like Mm. one thing to kind of I mean if someone was uh, going through a bad um bad situations in life uh, I don't know life just put him in a place okay you, you have to face this there is no there is no way to escape this so either I st- like I stay like uh, where I'm standing and then do nothing about it and then collapsing even more or I choose to face it no matter like uh, no matter how the consequences like it will be uh, this is one way I was like dealing with the stress um, 
essentially just facing up to the accepting the reality of accepting the yeah. reality I would uh-huh. say accepting yeah. the reality and then do something about it I mean every every one of us like from time to time goes like in a, in a certain time or small period when you're like disappointed a little bit um, I know and then it's fine it's mm-hmm. fine like it's, mm-hmm. it's okay to take our time but we have to learn like how how we face that again like yeah, to put your like to take yourself out of this loop basically mm-hmm. just don't lose yourself over there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that was one way I was dealing with my problems mm-hmm. yeah. was essentially to accept it for what it was and then and then keep on going essentially yes, yeah. it is how it is I mean yeah. I, I, sh- I I just should do what I have to do and then like I will see like how it's gonna end I'm mm-hmm. just doing what yeah what should I do uh-huh. yeah. cool well thank you so much for Thank you.